Eight minutes it is before 9 p.m. Uh, well, 8 p.m., I should say. And, uh, yeah, uh, getting ahead of myself there. Eight minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's our wrap of the top business stories and joining me to take a look at some of the big stories in the world of money and power and, I must say, today, gimmicks. I'm joined by Bandila Matandela. Um, Dr. Matandela, what are let's start there with Japan. Look, I think maybe for some of our listeners who might not be familiar with the context behind the story, let's set the scene. Yeah. Sometime over the last week or so, Tabane um, has a discussion with ANC veteran and uh, you know former Gauteng Premier um, and former Human Settlements Minister, Tokyo Sihwale. Yeah. Tokyo Sihwale makes reference there to some heritage fund, which apparently, I guess, has all of the resources, to get to the land mm. of milk and honey, to pay for grants, you know, to uh, take the 350s and make them 2,700 free education, I mean, I was saying mm. earlier on, mm. you know, I think, but I mean, that aside, he then, you know, um, events unfold, you know, the, the Treasury and the Reserve Bank put out a statement saying Mr. Sikwale may have been a victim of a scam. Uh, and he comes out today, guns blazing, uh, you know, mix of Eco's one lecturer and uh, I guess Triple M facilitator, DT, where now slides, <laughs> where now whiteboard. What's happening here? Yeah, hey, it was it was it was an interesting one. I mean, I, I tried to watch all of it um, earlier today, but it was it was quite confusing. And 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 the whole time, you know, I just kept trying to get to understand what the real point was. But it seems like um, for from what the, um, the, the 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 man says that um, he has a mandate from this particular fund, which comes from Asia, and as you mentioned, it's got a solution for everything. And I mean, I think he, he also makes some, some 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 serious allegations, you know, where he says that some of this money has been transferred to uh, certain bank accounts across the world, you know, and the certain individuals in, in in South Africa, and that he's presented some evidence to the governor about this particular matter, but the governor's not hearing him out. Also, there's a situation where you know he's been WhatsApping uh, the president. Um, and the president is no longer responding, you know. So it's it's a very confusing one. But from what we get, and uh, he's making serious allegations of certain things that might have money that might might have been spent. But then again, this money is not wanted by government. Mm. But it's meant it was a very confusing so, one for me. So Bandila, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here now, and I'm like, you know, the more I think back on what happened, and I tried, uh, just before three p.m. Uh, and I watched it right through to the end. Um, and I must tell you that if anybody wants to try and understand what Japan was saying, don't follow the financial smoke and mirrors. Because there's nothing there. Um, I mean, l- let me explain what I mean by that. The the example that, um, you know, uh, uh, and that is Kuala makes about uh, you know, South Africa going and borrowing at um, high interest rates when they could have gone to this grouping or to this donor and their proxies and their mandate holders to borrow um, at around 1% or something like that is said by the same person who at some stage had spoken about this as if it was a grant. So so it's still unclear what the instrument is here. Is this, 
money that has been deposited into the central bank with the intention, of course, of getting it into our own national payment system, uh, be it into our commercial banks or for for whatever reason, even into the National Revenue Fund. I'm not sure. Um, But then there's that, which was the initial comment. And then later on now, it then becomes conflated with, you know, this being a debt instrument or vehicle that is buying sovereign bonds in the secondary market. Um, and I think for me, that's when I realized that no, 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 no. To be able to just, yeah. I guess, you know, uh, left foot many people who might not be familiar with how sovereign borrowing happens, who might not be familiar with how debt markets as a subcomponent of broader capital markets are organized. Um, and, and effectively, I think, you know, he was smart in playing to something that he knows is uh, very widespread, what I would call economic illiteracy in the country. Mm. Mm. I mean, and I think it, it probably then um, I warrants the the, the 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 conversation that happened initially after the first interview where some people were saying, is this perhaps a political um, sort of he's launching a political campaign? Is 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 he looking to appeal to the masses? Is he looking for potential vote? You know, because if you look at specifically the things that he mentioned, you know that that 350 rand grant mm. that would then become 2,700 rand. You know, this is a very thorny issue. This is something that I think a lot of people would it would spark their interest. Secondly, he mentions the issue of fees must fall. You know, so. Again, he knows that um, it, 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 it's a hot topic right now. You know, there's always a lot of emotion around it. So, so it was a, it's very confusing, man. You know, because initially it was free money, available money that could solve mm. all the problems. And as you mentioned, now he did mention that there's one percent, two percent, which which is a, is a bit worrying now. You know, because it, 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 for me it just really didn't make sense, and perhaps. Uh, what I would I would start to believe this narrative that perhaps this is politically related and he's trying to make a, um, a comeback um, into politics. You know, one, mm-hmm. one thing we can give him though is that he's definitely making the news and everyone is talking about him. Whether this is the mm-hmm. intention, you know, mm-hmm. we, we we don't know. Of course, we did see the the alleged shareholder of the Reserve Bank also, you know, convenient mm-hmm. conveniently being there uh, as well, you know. <laughs> Conveniently being there and um, telling us that this is true, you know. So it just looked like for me like something that was very very staged, um, and there was just not a lot of sense around it, you know. And and particularly to make such strong allegations, you know, for me I think it would then warrant that there's evidence. But he did say the Hawks are investigating it. It would be interesting to hear what the Hawks say. Are they actually investigating? What are they really investigating? Because then if there's an investigation going on, it could perhaps provide more clarity, you know, on this mm. particular one. Mm. But 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 if you really look at what he was saying, there was a lot of things that didn't really make sense. Um, you know, I mean, there's no one, there's no rich or powerful family in the world that's just going to select South Africa as this country that he, they want to save mm. and they want to bring all the money in the world. I mean, our problems, you know, does even one person have enough money to solve all these problems that he's been mentioning? You know, all the university debt, all the fees. So for me, it just really didn't make sense. And it looked more like um, Tokyo is sort of trying to make a political comeback in a way. And he's definitely got everyone talking. It would be interesting what he's going to do over the next few weeks because I think that's when we will really uh, see what what's going on here. 
it's a very confusing. I, I don't know, man. Japan. And, and, and it also just also begs so the question when right? I when I'm yeah, um sure. when I am off, you know, that what are we giving airtime to? You know, mm. what are we giving platforms to? You know, surely at some point there should be that it. first layer of due diligence in just checking uh, some of these facts and just see, seeing if they, they, they make sense or not. Mm. You know, mm. so, so for me, I think there's also just an irresponsibility on that particular uh, part. Ish, but got a, got, a, got a bundle, you can't blame us. I mean, if you think about uh, how large Tokyo Sehwale loomed in the post-apartheid story mm. as a business mm. person, as a politician, um, you know, um, you can't blame the media when... You know, he comes out and he says, I've got a briefing or he comes and he says, I want to come on your show and I want to talk to you. Uh, you're yeah. probably going to give him time of day just because of how prominent a person he is. Um, but I don't think anybody was expecting this. And uh, and I think the point you're making is correct. I mean, what's the opportunity cost of spending a whole, whole afternoon on this issue? And what are some of the other sideshows? And maybe before we let this one go, Bandile, um, I, I can't help but think of connecting this particular briefing we had this afternoon with the unfolding dramas inside of the ANC. Yeah. Think of Partic the suspension yeah. yesterday of Supra Mahumapilo. Yeah. Think of this particular matter and who effectively was targeted here, you know, and where they are seemingly located in the factional politics and dynamics inside of the ANC. Uh, the Mboweni's, the president himself, yeah. blue-ticking um, Japan, you know. And then add to that, what we saw on the weekend in relation to the chief whip in parliament, Upemi uh, Machotena, and now Bongani Pongo, SABC News, coming out just before we came on air, saying that the caucus in parliament is effectively going to undertake steps to discipline um, the chief whip on the back of those revelations that, you know, uh, contracts were given to her son, Kondowesis with Machotena. So I, I'm saying all of this is happening in the yeah. unfolding drama. And, and I think it would probably be naive of us not to locate the timing of this in those unfolding uh, palace politics and those power games. Definitely. And I mean, I think one, 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 one of the things that I think you, 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 you just didn't mention there is around that resolution taken by the NEC, right, mm. around whoever's been alleged um, yes. to, 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 to be involved in any corruption will then have to, to sort of step back or, or take, take it, wait, wait it out. You know, so and the timing of it, you know, and the, and the allegations that are being made, you know, I think, I think you're correct in saying that we have to have that context as well and consider all of that because, you know, the narratives here are being played. And, of course, we are approaching an elective conference you know, so so the, so there's all of those particular issues at play here, and for me, more than this, more than this being a financial story or a financial issue, I think I think there's a lot of politics at play here, and I think over the next couple of weeks, we're really going to begin to see what exactly we, we we're looking at here. But but from the from from the issue of the heritage fund and money, you know, it's very hard for me to 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 really accept and believe mm. that there's this money that's sitting somewhere and um, that's now being utilized incorrectly. But of course, you know, if the hawks come out and um, there, there is a case worth investigating, then, you know, we'll definitely um, be, 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 be looking at that. Mm. But but for me, it, ju it just came across more from a political point of view. And I think there's a lot of narratives possibly mm. at play here. Mm. Certainly one of my, I guess, you know, and I have a few favorite companies. I mean, I must put that out there. Um, and when I say they're my favorites, it's not because of the people who make up some of these companies. It's just their ability quarter in, quarter out, year in, year out, half year in, half year out, 
uh, to be able to hit the right uh, notes when it comes to some of their metrics, turnover, market share, uh, and effectively uh, some of the work that they do um, in, in being able to pivot uh, during some very critical times. And one of those groups has to be Clicks Group. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you make of this? I mean, just in particular, I guess their distribution income on the back of much bigger demand from many hospitals, double-digit turnover growth, uh, increasing their market share there to nearly a third of that market. Um, Vivek Ramsander must be really happy here. Yeah, I mean, I think quite, quite, quite an interesting story and a very good story to tell from Clicks. Um, and I imagine the shareholders are very, very happy there, particularly because there's about 1.7 billion rand return to shareholders in dividends and buybacks over this particular period. So, I mean, a very strong showing um, from, from, from Clicks from a group perspective. I mean, the turnover was up about 7.6%. Um, the retail health and beauty sales were up um, quite significantly as well. And I think for me, the number that really got to me and, 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 and really showed just, you know, how 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 while they performed is, is just their front shop health sales, you know, those increased by about 24%. Of course, expected, you know, because of the pandemic with a lot of people uh, placing more importance to their health and looking out and sort of um, the increase in sales with particular, you know, some of the vitamin C's and all of those particular medications that people were buying in the front shops. And as you mentioned, there that distribution, you know, there was mm. the ability to be able then to adjust to that in understanding that hospitals would have seen an increase in certain um, in certain admissions, particularly related to COVID. But, um, you know, very, very strong showing by clicks, um, in a way sort of expected. Um, but also you can already see by way they're forecasting and they're planning and they're thinking that, you know, they, they're not just satisfied and they're continuing to grow because they, I know they've opened about 17 new stores. Um, there were about 601 stores now across the country. They have plans to open 14 new stores going into the second year. So you can really see they're going out guns blazing. Mm. So very impressive and very, very, very good results showing by kicks. But of course, you know, to a certain extent, they might have benefited um, from the pandemic because it was was health-related, unlike certain companies, particularly maybe in the hospitality industry that really took a knock. Mm. But a really strong, strong, strong um, showing. And um, I mean, I must also applaud them on the decision to decide that where they decided to shut down Musica. Uh, which is one of yes. their subsidiary companies from a group perspective. Uh, I mean, it, 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 music was sort of faded over the years, and it was no longer the giant that it was. Um, so uh, for me, really, really impressive from Kicks. And um, I, I can imagine the shareholders are very, very happy happy there. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. And and maybe just uh, as we stay in the world of healthcare, I mean, Netcare also put out an interim statement yeah. there. and. Uh, a lot of us, you know, sitting outside of the marketplace would think that if, if you're a private hospital group, you've probably, you know, made a bounty uh, during this moment of COVID-19. But um, uh, I guess there's always the challenge around non-elective uh, surgeries yeah. and how much money they make from that. Um, and the difficulty of doing that at a time when you should be, you know, uh, preserving uh, some bed space for COVID-19 patients. Yeah, so I mean, I think uh, you're right there. That would be the immediate assumption, right? It's a hospital group. Mm. They might have made more money and they're probably just coining it. Of course, they did treat a lot of uh, COVID-related patients and they did say that um, this did contribute to to a certain extent. But I I think the issues around then sort of um, non-elective non-elective surgeries with people um, opting with the effects of COVID, with people feeling a certain pressure and opting to take some time out and, and prioritize the mental health is, is, is probably one that we could look at. But I think Netcare, um, they, 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 they didn't really do significantly well in the um, second half of quarter of, of 2020. 
but it, it seems like uh, they're showing a very strong comeback and um, hopefully uh, you know there's all this talk around um, the third wave hopefully that doesn't come and impact them even more um, but with the vaccine rollout uh, hopefully then it will it will it will allow them to continue with this mm. bounce back okay uh, Bandila, before we let you go, I mean, uh, I guess the, the one story there, the new commissioner of the FSCA. And, uh, yeah, 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 it's uh, yeah. certainly one of those stories uh, where we need to doff our hat uh, yeah. to Mdaka Kamlana, who was there at uh, the Prudential Authority. Uh, the he was, I think, the deputy registrar of banks and uh, somebody who, uh, you know, is what we're talking about. Lasteta, you know, about a new generation, Yengo Kelly mm. in the... Mm. Mm. You know, financial services sector broadly, not just in the world of regulation, because we know there's a revolving door, you know, between these two things. Yeah. Uh, but certainly one that uh, gives many of us a lot of pride. And uh, it's great to see that he now joins the FSCA, having been critical, of course, in the breaking up uh, of uh, the F- old FSB, as we understand it. And, you know, the introduction of Twin Peaks regulation, he was at the center of this. Uh, uh, what do you make of this development? I mean, I think, I think first and foremost, Aya, you know, it's just to really congratulate Unati um, Kamlani. You know, this is this is for me one of those feel-good stories. You know, and 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 particularly for me, the interesting point there is just the continuity. You know, I think it's important that we keep the right type of people there. We keep people who've been there, who who you know, who's, who who understand the various dynamics, particularly in the financial services sector. So for me, I think this is a very good appointment by the minister, um, mm. and 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 huge congratulations go up to the man. The credentials speak for themselves. You know, he's been in the financial mm. services sector uh, for a significant time. He's been very influential and impactful. So for me, it's 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 a really good good story mm. and a huge congratulations to Unati Kamla. Let's leave it there, man. As always, a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, and uh, have a good show. Going awesome stuff. That there was Bandila Matandela, market analyst. Yeah, wrapping up that story there, of course, uh, with uh, congratulations and salutations to Unati Kamla Nasiti. Uh, and uh, yeah, wish you all of the best in that role. And uh, a city won't go and I'm fan of the week on the African Yama, Siabula City won't go away with Teba Lomoma.